With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back. We are live here at the Davey Whitney Arena here on the beautiful campus of Alcorn State University. Coming up, an interview with Brazehead football coach Cedric Thomas, my first interview with Coach Thomas since taking over the helm. How long has it been? It's been a few weeks, and he's hit the ground running for sure. So we're going to talk some Braves football. The conference schedule has been released. The SWAC did a big release of all the SWAC matchups and games. That was yesterday, and you'll get a chance to look at that as well. And uh, the University of Alabama Birmingham put out a release today that will be playing UAB to open up the season. And I put that out there on social media as well. The university hasn't officially released the whole schedule in totality. What we know is the SWAC games and UAB has released uh, that big matchup. We open up in Birmingham, and so that's going to be an interesting matchup there. Coach uh, uh, Cedric Thomas and the Braves heading to Birmingham, so we'll talk about that as well. Give us a call, 601-877-6595. You can tweet a question on X, Tall Man Radio. You can text a question, 601-301-2611. Coach Cedric Thomas, ladies and gentlemen, to my left. Coach how you doing, sir? I'm blessed, Mr. Charles. I'm blessed. How are you doing? How are you holding up? How are you making an adjustment to being a passenger in the car, to having the keys and the manual to the car? Uh, doing well. Doing well. You know, one thing about my Coach Mack, you know, uh, when we drove, everybody had a, a steering wheel. We was, we was all able to be able to, to, you know, control our destination when it came to the, to the, to the driving aspect. So, that's been good, you know, and got some great, uh, great help to make the transition that much, uh, that much easier from a staff standpoint. And so, um, it's really been a blessing. You know, we're here on the basketball court. I was kind of teasing you about your basketball skills. What kind of basketball skills do you have? Can you shoot the three? Can you dunk? What, what, what all can you do? Mid range, mid range. <laughs> but, but I'm cold, Mr. Charles. Uh, I started, you know. Eighth grade, pretty much to twelfth grade, I had a basketball scholarship and a football scholarship to Mississippi Delta. Really? Um, I think at Eastside High School, if they was recording assists, I probably would be the all-time um, leading assist person in the history of the school um, because that was my whole deal: it was facilitating, and it was all about assisting, helping. When I realized that I didn't have to directly put it in the hole, 
and I still got credit. So it was my thing to just make people look good doing it. And I've been assisting, you know, my whole life. So for me, it ain't just, uh, you know, just just the sport. You know, it's a way of life. So um, you were good with the dimes, then. Hey. Almost definitely. <laughs> you know, I'm a North Carolina fan, so Ed Coda, um, you know, them guys back in the day, you know, all them great point guards from North Carolina. Um, you know, I wanted to kind of, you know, um, have my game similar to that. Wow, that is that's really interesting. I just thought you were just football, football, but you. On this court here, come how many points can you can can you give us? If I'm in the park, uh, you know, four on four, three on three, I light it up. <laughs> uh, but when you start playing zone, you know, my range don't you know, it's kinda hard what, to get, get when to is, the what, what, what is that two three zone? Yeah, it's kinda hard <laughs> to get to the basket amongst some trees. Well, you know, we just finished talking with uh with uh Landon Bussey an, an hour ago and you know it got me thinking the other day, you know how passionate and how fiery Coach Bussey is. And then I thought about you and how you are kind of the same way when it comes to just the grind. You know, you're quiet at times, but then when you get in it, you get in it. So you're kind of, you and Coach Busty are kind of mirror images, just different sports. Yeah, when you look at, you know, when you look at greatness and you look at leadership and championships, you know, you take it from, from a lot of people. And, um, you know, he's one of them. You know, when I first got here, just watching the practice, you know, and seeing how, he was motivated, you know, each day in and out. You know, it was like a game. And um, you know, I, I reached my hand out, you know, from a fellowship standpoint. I told him I admire what he's doing as a young coach, um, not changing, being firm, um, but also teaching. You'll see him with his arm around him also. But that fire um, reminds me a lot of myself. Um, but just to see that and what he's accomplished in his time here from a championship standpoint, you know, I'm picking his brain, you know, as far as the psychological part of being at all going and not having everything or not having a – a lot, but still win, um, you know, so I lean on them, you know, tough and will continue to do, you know, now that I'm in this seat. Well, it, it's kind of a different dynamic when it comes to coaching today, especially with social media, everything is out there. So you talked about being firm and fair. What's the balance between as a coach, as a head coach, and you were the head coach at UAPB for one year, but it's, it's a different dynamic now with social media, everything's out there. The balance between, between being fair being firm, being tough, and getting the most out of what you have. How is is that are those tough balls to juggle nowadays? You know, not not for me and not for the ones who uh, know internally that's who they are. And uh, being at Alcorn, it's the culture. You know, so we won't deviate from the culture. And um, there's no individual that's bigger than the culture. That's including me and my staff. Um, and so that's easy. Um, so we um, they understand it. We also talk about the mission and the vision to each one of these kids to let them know our mission and vision is to take the same characteristics of football and apply it to life. And we know life, you know, is politics. You know, life won't always be right. However, um, you got to deal with it. Do you take your ball and go home? Or do you roll your sleeves up and say, I got to go to work? Um, and so for us, you know, we won't deviate from what the culture entails. Um, but they are also can always come and ask why. And we'll explain that to them also. I, I want to go back to the whole deal when you were called and asked about and getting the job. Talk about that that time frame of Coach, of course, Coach Fred McNair had an opportunity, decided to do some other stuff in in a three-hour time frame from 8.30 in the morning to noon when we came out with the official announcement. Talk about that time frame for you because uh, obviously that I'm sure you was going 100 miles an hour when you got that call about uh, possibly being the head football coach here. Uh, Nerve-wracking anxiety levels through the roof because for a while I was unemployed. Um, the minute, you know, coach go over and, you know, say, hey, you know, that's it. You know, he's going to transition. You know, me and the staff, we really don't have jobs. We don't know if we're going to open it up, 
do a bring a search committee in and you know how it is when you bring new coaches you know oh a new coach he bring his own guys and so uh me and my staff we we was worried about that you know we got family we got wives and we got kids so the first thing i do is you know talk to my wife um about you know decisions and things that we may have to do inside of those 180 minutes that we got to you know um figure out what we have to do and so uh, it was nerve-wracking um until the end and then mr cook you know once we had that conversation you know, you know, I can't explain just the elation that we had, not only um, me personally, my family, but all of the coaches' family because I told them, guys, I'll return, re- retain every last one of them. I know how they work. I've seen them. Um, their resume entail, you know, winners and taking care of these uh, these young adults. And so I made it my, my personal um, statement to them to invest in them to make sure they go into the Christmas um, and they can buy as many presents as they want. <laughs> Man, you, you, you shared something, you know, and, hey, we're in the offseason of football now. In the NFL, coaches are being let go, coaches are being hired. What is it like for those families in situation? I mean, I guess it doesn't matter whether it's the NFL, high school coaches, JUCO coaches, SWAT coaches. It doesn't matter. Just, you know, take us inside of that. I mean, you shared a little bit of that, but I'm sure – when a head because most of the time and i've said this on different podcasts and programs when a new head coach comes in he's starting over and the odds of those coaches on the previous staff being retained is probably pretty slim to none maybe a couple of holdovers i've seen that already but they're just i know that's just got to be tough yeah it is um it is you know the ones who understand it and been through it you know there's always a plan b and a plan c um you know and that's what is you know for me i'm an education major so you know, I don't have a problem with getting in the classroom. You know, uh, I'm not worried about the level per se. I'm worried about the financial um, gain or the financial assistance I got to be able to have to continue mortgage and car notes and, and, and private school. You know, if, if my daughter was in a private school sector, uh, my wife works, um, so we vested. If I have to, she have to carry me on her insurance for a time because I was let go at Southern Miss, and I didn't have insurance. You know, for a while, so I had to. She had to carry me until I got the job at Mississippi Delta. So. You know, it's a lot of things that go in it. The ones who kind of financially, you know, as I say, got something in that crown raw sack, you know, it just kind of helps <laughs> for them rainy days. Uh, but you got a lot that don't. You know, when they transition, they go get a real nice house and a nice mortgage and a nice car and a nice note, and then all of a sudden it's gone. And those people still want their money and go yeah. get their money. And so what do you do from here on out um, to be able to, one, financially, you know, give yourself opportunity to keep everything afloat, but also the next transition, um, you know. And so I've seen a lot of coaches from top to bottom, you know, make good decisions and make bad decisions. Was it an easy decision in terms of, and I go back to when Coach McNair was hired when Jay Hobson left, the press conference at the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame, and he thanked the coaches that stayed with him, loyal to him. He didn't make any changes. You did pretty much the same thing. Obviously, we'll talk about the OC and special teams, but – it seems like you had that same level of loyalty and because in this sport things do change when coaches change assistants change but you stay true to the cause yeah you know like i said i, I love those guys the, um the guys that's with me i watched them work um so i don't need to see the um they don't have to come interview you know they was interviewing while we was precision coaches and coordinators and so and when, then the second part is regardless of the resume you know these young brothers that they coach you know they they're tied into it too you know that's their coach and so um i, I didn't want to you know, take them away from the room. And so when you talk to Malachi's and you talk to Mako's about some of the coaches and who they like and who they don't like, um, and they tell you the why, um, that just put more emphasis on, hey, let me keep things, you know, as constant as possible so the transition can be easier. You know, we have a, a young adults 
um, that we kind of got it. We, our numerical high enough. We've been through a lot. But some of these young adults, you know, they, they don't understand the change or the why. And so I want to make the transition that much easier for them. And um, that's why um, not only the guys that I've had, you know, being really good coaches, um, but it's also, you know, I thought about the student athletes, you know, doing this journey also. The continuity, I think that's the one, that's the, even <laughs> with Jerry Jones and, and Mike McCarthy, I heard the word continuity. How important is continuity in coaching today? It's everything. Um, is everything you know? I, I give the example of, you know, if, if that building on fire, I don't need you calling 911. You know, I need you to find some water uh, or some sand or some dirt. Let's put the fire out. You know, but you get some that, you know, think calling 911, you know, is the answer. Uh, we we all in the foxhole together, and I want those guys that you know ain't gonna pick that phone up. We're gonna find ways to get this fire out, and so uh, continuity is everything. And you don't have to be the the best or the greatest X and O guy. You just have to understand, you know, your purpose inside of the sect and the utopia in which you represent. And I got some great guys that have uh, from all different walks of life that understand our mission and vision is to service and be servants of these young adults. We're talking with Braveshead football coach Cedric Thomas. A lot to talk about, a lot to unpack. So you're the head coach, and you look at this program, looking at it from top to bottom. Our first conversation since you took over the reign. So when you look at last year, and you and I talked before you were named head coach sitting right over here, you talked about that date, that Texas Southern date, how that will be plastered into your mind. When you look at this program and you look at where we are right now, give us your sense in terms of where we are right now in terms of getting to that next level, which is obviously winning the division. You got some new coaches at Grambling. You got a new coach. Mickey Joseph is at Grambling. You got a new coach at Southern University, new coach at Texas Southern. Um, where do you see your program right now in terms of the pecking order and uh, just where we are? You know, I, I don't. You know, I really don't know. We got so much turnover from not only coaches but players, but so does every other team in the league. So it's hard to get a litmus based on, you know, that alone. You know, what I can tell you is, you know, we got some holes to fill and we got a lot of work to do. When you lose a Nico Duffy, um, you know, out the room and Agent Zero and, 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 and Terrio and, and Malik, them, them a lot, that's a lot, a lot of uh, production, you know. And so we got to replace that production on the offensive line, you know, losing Will. And um, some of those guys, like those guys that was part of that championship regime back in the day. And so offensively, we got a lot of work to do. We got to replace those guys. We got to replace the system. Got to replace the coach. And so, um, you know, inside, internally, we got a lot of work to do, you know, on that side of the ball. Um, defensively, we don't have as many holes. We got a lot of returners. Um, and when you got guys like Malachi Bailey, you know, it makes it a whole lot easier. But you also got the Marion Edwards. Um, you got a lot of guys on the back end. Andrew Smith, this will be his third year. Um, Aaron Summerall, um, you know, so we got a lot of guys on the back end and not only um, just on the back end, but defensively that can really come in and help. And in the kicking game, you know, K, he can he can boot it, he can kick it. Um, but we got some pun issues we got to kind of go through. Um, we got to see if Frank can get it done and some of the other kickers that's on the team. So, um, you know, I, I don't know where we fit as far as the other teams, but compared to the two years prior, we got some work to do. Um, it's a lot of production that we got to fill holes. Yeah, from the off offensive side of the ball, I mean, in terms of the quarterback. Uh, so let's let let's go with let's start there because defensively you made some changes there as far as elevating some of your coaches. So offensively, um, the OC, um, where where are you with that? And just talk about that side of the ball in terms of coaching and personnel. You know, he'll be in um, February first. Um, you know, he'll be official then. Um, so everybody come out. You know, come out to the signing day party. You get a chance to meet him. You know, ask him all the hard questions on how you're gonna score all these points. Um, please do, but just a great guy, um, really good guy. 
um, well-rounded, understand the kids, understand the culture, um, been in the HBCU sector, um, won a championship in the MEAC with North Carolina Central. I mean, yeah, North Carolina Central. And so he got ties to the to the, to the place. Um, and so I'm excited about him. Um, O-line coach, the same way. Both of those guys hit the ground running. And that's one of the So you can't really give give names because it's not official? No, not a, not a fit. I'm gonna wait to the first. Okay. You know, once they get in the building, then I'll make it, you know, official. You okay. Know, once uh, you know, we talk to our, you know, uh, SID and the um, sports information department. Okay. Um, I think paperwork behind the scenes it is, but I'm not gonna put it out there to the first. Okay. Um, but those guys will be in. Um, and the good thing we got recruits coming in on the third, so they'll be able to fellowship with them, and everybody get to see them on the seventh. And not only that, but the guys that's in house as far as the offensive players, they'll get a chance to get a chance to rub elbows with those guys and get ready to work what what type of scheme offensively would, would you like to see I mean we last year was Aaron Allen slinging it all over the place and I mean and he that's a great story you know he had the shoulder issue two years ago rehabbed in Houston chose not to have surgery and you saw the year that he had uh, what type of offensive system are you looking for from your coordinator just multiple you know I want to be able to take what the defense give us however you know I want to put our best best um, athletes in the, in the best position to be successful. That's ultimately what I want to see. I want to see Chuck Griffin at running back, quarterback, tailback, tight end. Um, you know, we know what 85 can do with it in his hand. Um, I want to see Anthony Williams with the ball in his hand and, you know, running screens and things as such. You know, I want to be able to get on the perimeter, play fast because we, we do have some athletes, you know, in-house. Um, Tyron, um, you know, he's one of those long guys on the edge that we know can do it. And then T, I think this is going to be a really good year and a big year for T. Adams. You know, we'll be able to, you know, um, you watch him in front of maybe 30,000, 40,000 people a couple of years ago playing Wildcat quarterback. Um, and I expect, you know, some of the same deals. But I think T is going to have a breakout um, year inside this offense. Um, you get B.J. Rogers back. You know, Sewell going to tote it back, you know, in the backfield. I thought he had a really, really good year to play behind two really good backs. And so uh, Coach got some weapons to kind of, you know, uh, play with, and we got to get the old line. You know, uh, chopping at the bits. We got to get those guys going. We're gonna have a lot of those guys in, uh, far as from a recruiting standpoint. But ultimately, you know, we want to be multiple, and we want to take what the defense give us. We're in a new era of football, not a new era, but you, you got quarterbacks that can not only sling it, but that can run it. You know, kind of different kind of system. The I formation. You know, I'm used to seeing that, but you got to have quarterbacks that are athletic and that can uh, get in space. Yeah, they got to be able to run. What's happening now, the game is, you know, starting to be 11 on 11. You know, back in the day, it was 11 on 10. You know, and defense always had what we call a plus one to be the extra guy because the quarterback never run or never ran. But now it's 11 on 11. And a lot of times these quarterbacks is making a lot of guys miss um, when it comes to the space games. And so them, kudos to them, them sharp-minded offensive guys that start to, you know, make the playing field equal. Well, can you, what can you tell us about the quarterback position? Aaron Allen, we know what he did. How was that looking as you get ready for spring camp here? You know, talk to Mako. You know, he'll start us off. You know, he'll lead us. Um, you know, but we got a lot of young guys that's jumping at the bits. You know, Trey had opportunity to play, um, you know, in that Jackson game and had a big win against Prairie View, you know, a year ago or two years ago. Um, got some two two really good young guys. You know, Chris, he can – we expect him to come in and do really well, um, you know, and um, we – we expect those guys to play well, you know, and um, so I expect those guys to come out and compete. You know, one thing about coach, you don't know anybody. Um, you got a really good chance to come in and earn whatever you get, and um, I expect that the exact same mantra. You know, once coach get here and he let them guys go out. From the defensive side of the ball, you were the DC. Now you're the head coach. Um, and practices, I hardly saw you. 
I knew you were there. You were not the loudest voice most of the time. You let your coaches do the work. So let's start there in terms of elevating your assistants. That's out there on social media. You've elevated some guys, obviously, a DC. Talk about that and your processes and elevating some of your defensive coaches on your staff. You know, I thought it was only right, and it was, it was the right timing. You know, he's shown it through his actions, the maturity, to watch him grow, um, not only just being here, but when we took the took the ride to UAPB and he got his own room um, and the way he's recruit, um, just to watch his development, you know, starting from Alcorn and, and as a player, you know, watching him lose his mom and go out there and have the nation, the Alcorn nation in the brand. Who right was that coach? Got, I don't Deion Roberson is your is your D.C.? Yes. Okay. Um, you know, to watch, you know, what we call Tubby. You know, to watch him go through what he went through at the rigors of um, here in his career. Then to take off, be a student assistant, grad assistant, go with Willie, learn as much as he could at Prairie View, and then get his first job with me at Pine Bluff. Um, to just watch him matriculate through. Um, this profession has really been great. This is school. He loves it. But from a knowledge base, he knows the system. You know, we've been running this same system since 2012 pretty much, and he know all the ins and outs. And so I felt like it was time for him to take that next step the same way Coach Mack did for me. Um, you know, when I got my first opportunity. It was a no-brainer. None, none even to discuss. None need, okay. None to discuss. Talk about some of your other promotions on the defensive side. You know, and then um, to take Dwayne Taylor, we pushed Dwayne Taylor up, um, you know, so he could, you know, not only elevate in that pass game um, aspect, you know, pass game coordinator, and, um, you know, he make, uh, I think, the co-coordinator uh, spot where we'll, you know, look at him in that, that transition. Um, all of it the same. They'll kind of work hand-in-hand hand together. Ultimately, Mr. Charles, I'm still going to call it this year. But those guys are kind of, you know, be the sounding board for me to be able to set the table for them and then just going forward, you know, to watch him. And um, Coach Covington, who's the run game coordinator, um, Derek Welch, you know, and all those guys, you know, that's really been exciting for me to watch them grow. And so uh, I'm excited about them guys. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's great when you, when you set the table and those guys learn from you. And then once you get the keys to it, it's, it's a pretty easy transition. You see it all over the place. You see it all the time because, again, it's about continuity. You could have done some other stuff, but you train these guys and you understand, and they understand you. They understand what it takes. Yeah, and they've been here. Um, they understand the culture. Um, and I just, you know, I want my tree to look like, you know, Coach Hop and Coach Mack tree from a coaching standpoint. And you look at all these guys that are winning all different type of conferences that's coached on a high level. You know, when I, when I get done, I want to sit back and, you know, look at the – look at the guys and look in the mirror so I did good for myself you know they was raised right yeah the coaching tree and we, we talk about that the coaching tree you know coach Hobson brought you in you got Mickey Joseph who is at Grambling and reports he might not I mean I don't know what's there but yourself you have coach McNair you have Mickey Joseph I mean so those relationships fester in a whole bunch of other things good things You're great you know it's not only just from a football standpoint but just families you know our wives still in contact you know, with each other, the kids, you know, grow up and they FaceTime, you know, each other still to this day. And it's been almost 15 years, you know, later, you know, to watch Willie Simmons, you know, call I call him and, you know, he's at the Duke game. You yeah. know, like, how cool is that? You know? <laughs> and I'm telling you, I can't wait that they play North Carolina, even though he may not be able to get in the building. But we was in this building together. You yeah. Know? And so to, to, to fellowship with them guys, man, it's just really been a blessing. So all of them has been a sounding board for me. They always pick up. We always talk and discuss the good old days, but also just the nuances and the change in the game. How, how good is that? How neat is that? I mean, just those coaches were right here, cut their teeth right here, and you see obviously where you are and some of those other coaches. How, how neat is that? 
you know, Charles, we we thinking like if, if we can't get the, the big mainstream ESPN to do a 30 for 30, if there's an HBCU version, that has to be one of the first episodes. You know, we played for the first white head coach in HBCU history, you know, and then win championship championships and to watch all those guys that came in. We didn't know anybody in 2012. We didn't know each other. And to watch all those names that you were, um, those just head coaches, you know, Derek Nix is at University of Miami. You know, Rav Screed is at the University of, uh, uh, where was Rav? He's at uh, Marshall, where he played. You know, Stanchek is at um, Tulsa. You know, like that's that's awesome. You know, that's 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 big time right there. And so it's it's a lot more to that. I didn't name, um, but that was all in 2012 when we all came together. So I think that'll be awesome if somebody could do some type of story once it's all over. Well, offensively, you've got that in place. Defensively, you talk about the elevations and promotions. Um, obviously, one of the positions that was uh, let go previously was special teams, and special teams was kind of a, a thorny situation there. What's what's your philosophy on that in terms of hiring a special teams coach? Is that something you're looking at? You know, n- not not really. What I plan on doing is infusing every coach, you know, uh, inside of it because that's one position where each coach needs to have hands on all of the young adults that's, you know, involved with it because sometimes – you know, the kickers or the punters really don't get a chance to be a part of the team per se because they have no interaction with them because they all kind of doing their own thing. And my first meeting with them is every practice, I need two on the defensive side, two on the offensive side, and we need to be up screaming, hollering, because even if they miss their kick or they don't play well, then it's a brotherhood that they can be associated with. But each coach will have a position group kind of like what we did back in the day. So now every coach, you know, offensively and defensively will get a chance to in passing and tell coach every single player on this uh, on this team, and then that's that's my mindset behind it. You know, when I think of special teams, just look at this past weekend in the NFL playoffs, how special teams has been a factor without a doubt in in costing teams games, and so I'm sure that that's something you've been thinking about as as you watch some of these games. You know, and when I look at it, especially when the Ravens play, you, you think about the Lance Turner. You know, he was a running back and he blocked about four punts, you know, five punts his, his senior year when he was here. And so that resonates to me to where when I look at it, you know, how many offensive guys are actually out there getting the opportunity to play in the special team to be able to grow in that capacity. And it wasn't a lot. And so I want to be able to just infuse those guys who deserve to be out there to have opportunity to give us the best best chance to win. We're halfway through the Coach Cedric Thomas show. Of course, we'll have a Cedric Thomas show coming up this fall. We'll talk all about that. We'll talk about the schedule, the SWAC release, the SWAC games in totality. Um, the university hasn't released their schedule in totality. Uh, UAB released the fact that they're going to be playing us in week one, so they released that, but still some, some fine-tuning to go on the schedule. We'll talk about that. Some interesting uh, interesting games in the conference, uh, Coach Thomas. I, I look at that Southern Grambling back-to-back. Uh, that's going to be interesting. We'll talk all about that. We'll talk about the early signing period. You've got the signing day coming up, the signing party, so a lot to unpack. Give us a call, 601-877-6595. We've got texts coming in. We'll get to those, 601-301-2611. And I'm on X, Tall Man Radio. Halfway through the Cedric Thomas Show. More to come after this timeout on the Braves Sports Network. At the Hall Corner.
There is a closer relationship between the faculty and the students. We got with my organic chemistry professor. He actually stepped outside of the classroom for extra hours one day, and he sat with us and he answered all of our questions. Uh, we prepare the students to face what is out there in the real world. And I'm actually learning here. I feel like teachers are actually helping me. All the teachers tend to know everybody. When the teachers know everybody, you can always have a relationship with your teachers and you can always meet them for help. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I feel like the education department here at Alcorn has prepared me for the future in the classroom. We're a family environment who can guide you and will get you to where you want to be. It's really easy to cultivate that one-on-one -on -one relationship with your professor or your advisor. Our students will be able to go out and impact the lives of the people that they work with. I was really glad I made the decision to come here. What I would tell aspiring Alcornites, when you get here, you're not going to want to leave. Here on the Brave Sports Network, 91.7 WPRL, WPRL.org, and Facebook Live, WPRL's Facebook page. You can uh, text a question, 601-301-2611. Um, we have a text coach. Uh, as of today, what are your recruiting needs? And will players be required to watch a certain number of film hours each week when you look at, you know, individual film work and all that stuff? You know, the first question, you know, offensive linemen, offensive linemen, offensive linemen. Um, over and over and over, we can't get enough. And so that's the major need and, and the need that we, we're looking for now. Uh, from a film session standpoint, you know, it's kind of optional on them because we work inside the 20-hour rule and we get plenty. Um, I can honestly say for the two years I've been here, um, we hadn't lost a game um, because of not enough film watching. Um, you know, these young men, they, they study, they know how to study. Um, they, you know, and the good thing about here is all we have. So they would come and get extra work from a film session standpoint. So a lot of time our guys really prepared, um, you know, when we're losing or we're not playing well, it's not because of that so much. It's just other variables that I got to do a better job of making sure that they, they honed in to. That was a great question. Um, the early signing period, um, just talk about that and did it, did it solve a lot of the or fill a lot of the holes in that first uh, recruiting window? No, it really did. Now, the coaches did an excellent job, you know, with all the things that was going on with coach situation and, and negative recruiting, you know. Um, the coaches, they attacked it. You know, you look at Coach Rowe, you know, having those three linebackers to leave and, um, you know, him replacing them, you know, that was good. We got about, you know, six linebackers to come in. We lost four D linemen. Coach Covington did a really good job along with the staff to replace those. So um, that, that canceled those numbers out. We wanted to get – somebody to come in, a couple of DBs to continue to get that length 
um, and, and, and replaced Keenan Leachman. And so uh, they did a really good job, um, you know, getting the DBs in. And that was a blessing. So we kind of tightened that in a little bit. We had more issues, I, I would say, on the offensive side just because we didn't have an offensive coordinator in. We didn't have an O-line coach. And so that was kind of hit and miss. But we got a really good tackle from the University of Charlotte that's in. Um, got a junior college lineman, you know, two linemen in, um, which really helped, um, you know, the running back. And so uh, we, we, we kind of got some holes filled, um, you know, offensively. But right now we still got to do a better job, you know, of this last signing period of just taking care of that offense so we can score a lot of points and be really efficient on the offensive side of the ball. Was that kind of the, the plan? Was Because I heard a few weeks ago that the second signing period was going to be about beef. That was going to be kind of the, the second signing period. So the first one, obviously, you want to fill some of the skilled stuff. No, nah, that really it just played out like Charles because of the job situation. You okay. know, that's ultimately what it was. You know, we're on the defensive side, so we can kind of go out and say, hey, look, we're going to be here. But when you got a kid that's, you know, going being recruited from another um, conference school and he's saying they don't have an offensive coordinator, you know, it's kind of like, you know, do I go? Um, and so that would, it just happened like that, you know, in a perfect world or close to it. We want the same amount of defensive signees um, as offensive signees in at mid-year. We want them all at mid-year. But because we had those holes, um, you know, to replace, it was kind of hard, you know, for us to just go sit in, in living rooms with moms and dads and say, hey, look, this is the system that fit when technically we didn't have a system. And so that's ultimately why it happened the way it did. And so now we're playing catch-up on the back end to make sure we can get these guys um, and, and, and take care of them on the second signing period. Yeah, talk, how, take us through that period because I know that was tough. I mean, because you're going through – the mid-year signees, and you talk about what we didn't have in terms of personnel on the offensive side of the ball. What was the sales pitch in terms of trying to keep people engaged despite all that? Alcorn. Um, regardless of the individual, Alcorn is Alcorn. And so the brand itself sold itself. Um, when you talk to moms and dad who had aunts and cousins who had great experiences here, um, when they come to homecoming and they saying, Coach, man, you know, everybody I went to on the tailgate, they fed me. Um, you know, Coach, I ran out of gas, you know, up in what's the little town called, and you know, they gave me a tank of gas um, or gas canister to be able to get to my next destination. Those were, you know, all corn sold it. And so we had some some some, co uh, some coaches and some um, some families that really understood the brand. And so they was willing to, you know, entrust us that we would get the right people in so we could have success um, and help develop them as they go forward. We're talking with Braveshead football coach Cedric Thomas. Give us a call, 601 877 uh, 65.95. We got a tweet on X, and we've got some text to get to as well. So, Coach, um, the SWAC released of uh, the SWAC games, and uh, Cedric, we can pull up uh, our Allcorns deal if if if, if we can. Um, you look at some of the games, Coach. Uh, the schedule, there it is. Um, Valley, obviously at at Mississippi Valley, UAPB uh, at home. I'm looking at uh, all the games, of course, are huge, but I look at that mid part of the schedule. That's Southern, Grambling, and then uh, Alabama State in Mobile. Um, that's coming up the first week in November. Good schedule, interesting schedule. You know, we, we had a lot of home games last year. Obviously, it, it flips this year. Just just talk about the, the SWAC schedule. Tough schedule. You look at that Valley game, uh, Mr. Charles, we, the score was 10-3 to 3 at halftime. Um, so that's going to be a tough one. You look at – UAPB, we didn't get that thing rolling really to the third quarter. Um, and everybody know what, you know, when Gremlin came here for homecoming, you know, how that game went. And, uh, you know, Southern, we kind of got our lick back, but we still down one. You know, they've they beaten me twice. Um, and so just we kind of one and two, you know, since I've been here. So 
we know what um, Coach Graves going to do with his team. They're going to be tough, and they're going to be ready to play. Um, you know, that Alabama State game, that's the same way. You know, Coach Rob going on his third year, uh, third full year, um, and, and this is the, the peak season for him, and he's done a tremendous job of getting his guys to play. Um, and so that whole meet, you know, that, that piece right there is, is always tough. And, man, you know, we can't we – can't, we ain't up for Texas Southern any year. I don't care if it's marble, if it's backyard <laughs> basketball. You know, we ain't up for that. Um, then, you know, something wrong with us. You know, and, 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 the, and the same thing for Prairie View. <laughs> you know, so uh, you know it's a tough schedule. Yeah, uh, really good coaches. You know, really good players, and uh, I'm excited about it. And uh, we'll, we'll, it starts with us. You know, with Coach Gannon in that weight room right now um, as they running and lifting. I, I, you know, you talk about moving on. I'm just, I'm just flashing back in my mind that walk off field goal that Prairie you had here. I know you talk about that Texas Southern game, that date again, that, that you say you're going to get some shirts made with 11, that? 11, 12, 23. 11, 12, 20. Are you going to do that? Most definitely. <laughs> Most definitely. So that, that is still that's still in your gut. Yeah, well, that'll be the mantra to, uh, for right now because um, it kept us from getting where we, where we wanted to be. You know, you win, you win. You look what happened the, the week later against Jackson. You know, you can't ask for a better setup. And so uh, we're still not there yet. And so – that's um, the incorporation inside the weight room and everything we do um, in this in this journey as we walk this universe. We got to finish. Yeah, uh, and and we did finish obviously. Um, so I I just like and I think fans, the interview that we did before you were officially named, you know they people were saying you know Cedric Thomas sounds like a head coach. You've been a head coach obviously, but just a lot of the stuff that you said is encouraging. It gets people fired up number of folks have said, you know, I'm already fired up for the season already, and we're several months away from that. Just people are really excited when they hear you talk about this Braves program from top to bottom. You know, it's an exciting time right now, um, and we're going to be excited, win, lose, or draw, because, you know, one thing about it, we got a, a, another Saturday to right the wrong, but I love the brand. You know, I, I love the culture. Um, we owe it to, you know, the ones that's vested. You know, we got younger adults getting paid, Mr. Charles, to play football and keep a high academic standards you know so they understand that we have to um give these these people that's vested you know a show in our best um they they owe it to the to the fans and so i'm, I'm forever you know uh, indebted um to everybody that's associated with allowing me to be the head coach but also you know my mission is for these young brothers to understand that you know you owe it to those people when we go to away games this, this you can't find a fun site to see all those people that travel to come see us play you know, and we know we're not in the, the, the best economic situation, but yet and still, you know, they find ways to come support us. And so if you watch me after every game, I'm going to that crowd. That's my way of showing appreciation, regardless of going over. I'm going to shake their hands um, a little later, but I'm going to go right to our fans and tell them how much I appreciate them for coming. And I want the young adults to understand that too um, because we have so many people that's vested um, and they owe them their best. And that's all ones ask for is for them to come in Saturday in, Saturday out, and even Sunday if they move it. Um, give it, give it your best, give it your all, and then even off the field, represent us, you know, the right way. Well, there's a text that came in to the to your very point from uh, Andre Young that said, "What do you need, coach, from the alumni and fans?" You you talked about that, how your engagement with fans and the alumni after the game. You know, they show up and show out on the road, and of course here, homecoming. We got Jackson State here. It's going to be fun. Texas Southern's going to be fun. A fun schedule. But what would you? What do you need from the alumni and fans? No support. You know, keep coming, keep uh, keep coming, keep supporting us, keep showing up. You know, all the scrimmages that we have, all the practices. I know we practice in the morning during the week, 
But on those Saturdays, come. You know, I want the whole student body out there. You know, I want if I got to pull up chairs or get bleachers, um, I want and I want everybody to come come watch. You know, the Braves come watch these guys fellowship through this great game. So um, just continue to support us, continue to to, to love us, um, and continue to doing what you what you're doing. But if you got a Saturday off and you need to know what time that scrimmage is, let me know, and I want you to pull up on us. And we got a tweet coming in from Fear. I'm on X Tall Man Radio. Uh, will there be new uniforms on the horizon, and how can there be more partnerships created for Braves football? Nah, I'm gonna kind of let Coach Fred handle that. Him and Miss Toya, um, you know, if it, I'm, I'm kind of throwback on all that, so I wouldn't know. Uh, I'm all for it, um, but for me, it'll be a reward system based on how well our young duck, young adults conduct themselves on and off the classroom. But I'm for it, um, and so if we get opportunity to do, um, I will. I just hadn't been able to comb through the budget and kind of see. Um, how does that work right now? Um, but I'm, I'm, I don't have a problem with it. And then as um, far as the sponsorship, put me in front of whomever, whenever, and let us talk um, about our mission and vision, and, yeah. um, you know, and let me earn it. You know, you ain't got to give it to me right now, but um, I'm going to show you uh, through my actions that I'm worthy of, um, you know, whatever financial gain you, you allow me to have. One of the things that impresses me about you, you've run the circuit in terms of interviews. You've, you've been on different podcasts, Swagging a Fool and other podcasts, just getting the word out. Um, just talk about that, the accessibility and just doing interviews and the Common Mad podcast. I under, from what I've been told, you, you really are uh, acceptable to those type of interviews and those type of platforms just to continue to get the word out about Braves football. Yeah, I love it. I feel like, you know, we, we might not have a lot when it comes to, to buildings and, 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 and structure, but, we you know, we got the word and everybody know um, you can ask anybody that, that the step place or step foot in this place, you know, it's awesome and they understand the feeling. They understand the family of it. They understand, you know, how it's in their soul, um, regardless of what may the perception may be or what, what the lack of. Um, and so any time I can get, you know, in front of somebody and tell them how great this place is and how did it not only save my life, but a lot of people who's been associated with, you know, I'm willing to do it. Um, you know, so don't be afraid to reach out. You know, if, it's, if I can do it on the schedule, you know, find me. If we got to, um, you know, reschedule it, but I most definitely uh, do it. And the young adults need it. They, they, they need it. Um, they, they need an opportunity to uh, be able to to get the brand out and tell their stories. A lot of families don't be able to come um, and, and 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 see them. You yeah. know, a lot of times. So when they can, you know, get with it, get on YouTube or, or get an interview, and I think it's just it's, it's awesome. And I also want to give give kudos to Demetrius House of our Athletics Media Relations Office, setting up the interviews and setting up the access. And that's always important, too, because there's there's a lot of when you're successful and we've been successful. I mean, we had a six year run, six straight division titles. A lot of people want to know what's going on. And so when you have that access, people want to be a be a part of it. People want to share in some of that stuff without a doubt. And, and, and he's just one component that does a really good job to kind of, you know, move the needle when it comes to the brand and, and discussion about not only just football, but all the sports. And that, that's huge to be able to have somebody, you know, as such to be able to spearhead. Um, just the verbiage when it comes to the brand. And, you know, we, I'm, I'm excited about having this working relationship with them and uh, moving this thing forward. You talked about how important Alcorn was to your life. Share with us, if you can, how big and how inspirational Alcorn State University was to, to you. You and I have had many a conversation. You left here. Uh, you were with Coach Hop at USM. Then you went to UAPB as a head coach for one season, and then you're back. You know, what, what has the university meant to you and your family? You know, everything. Um, you know, you, you, I, I'm kind of lost, you know, at the time when I come here as a graduate assistant. I'm not thinking about getting a master's degree. 
I'm just trying to stay in school. You know, I just pledged. I'm trying to have as much fun as I can. Um, <laughs> that's honest to God truth. You know, a lot of these coaches, um, they're pro- you know, they, they won't act like they've been 18, 19, 20 year olds before Charles, and I refuse to do it. Um, so when I got <laughs> Life out, is short. Without a doubt. Yeah. So when I got a chance to get here on the uh, Roger Totten, who had just left, you know, it wasn't about to get a master's degree. It was, man, I get to stay in school uh, some more. I, I stay in here forever. I don't have any bills. I can play that video game all day. I got free water. I eat in the cab. That's the coolest thing ever. You know? <laughs> My mama, you know, instead of telling me when you're going to come out, I'm like, never. What am I, what am I come out for? You know, I got, uh, you, you know so. Um, but getting on to Dr. Thomas, and I could just remember, you know, he didn't have a, uh, have a lot, and he had a show. But yet we was, you know, I had to go to PG to pick the VCR tapes. You know, we was doing VCR tapes then. Wow, you know, man, I mean, that pick is the, cool. Pick the VCR tapes up PG. <laughs> but, Charles, you get there, and the tape's not on there. So you got to drive all the way to Montgomery uh, to meet Alabama State coaches on the on the road. And he'd give me his car and, and, and money and gas money. And then it was pay phones. I didn't have no cell phone in 2001. So I'm stopping trying to, you know, make sure this person hears that. But just to watch him do that for me as a young coach, and then you get the film and you get back in and, Coach McKenzie say, you know, his film kind of fuzzy because I recorded over over five times. And he fussing and Brett McGowan mad. And it was just, you know, that was just some of the coaching things that, you know, I had to learn because all I'm thinking is I can't wait for Saturday. Give me a whistle. I want to just blow it. And then I meet Coach Lewis, and I'm so enamored by this dude was in the NFL. Gary like, Lewis. But he never said it. So when I go in his office and I'm seeing the Raiders and the Chiefs, I'm like, man, you cheating. Like, why you ain't telling people? Like, you made it to where, but that was just who he was. And once he got my comfort level, he allowed me to work. And so you're looking at, you know, um, some of the guys, Jeremy Stockdale, um, to come through and Parsons and, 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 you know, some of those Brandon Brown. You know, I had a major part um, in, in helping those guys develop. And so I got a chance to actually coach. When you're talking about some of the relationships, um, you know, Miss Sand and, and, and some of the people that was on campus, man, it really was a blessing for me to establish those relationships. And then I finished my master's. Um, I didn't, you know, I had opportunity to come back and win my first championship. And um, and I finished my master's. And Coach Thomas, you know, allowed me to be able to do that. And, and what a blessing. And so this place not only set me up socially uh, in a great situation, but financially, you know, being able to um, have having generational wealth. Man, that's, that is a great story. I mean, from, I wouldn't say the bottom, but you you were right down there. And, and you just climbed it one rung at a time. What, what advice would you give to youngsters in today's generation where things are going a million miles an hour and social media and things are going fast and furious well stay prayed up you know that's the first thing you got you got to stay prayed up you know i'm one um you know i didn't know any head coaches or any coaches really college coaches from cleveland mississippi period and didn't have access to a whole lot but i stayed on them knees mr charles you know mom uh she she left me you know dropped me off at school with that green bible and uh, i might not have understood exactly what all was in it but i knew prayer worked and so uh you know, I was always a praying uh, young man, even though I might have did things that might not have been to the liking of some, but I understood faith. And so for those young coaches, you just got to you got to stay prayed up, but you got to work and um, you just got to persevere. Um, you got to you got to go through something. You know, a lot of times now everybody want to be this title, that title, um, but they don't want to go to Montgomery in that car to go pick them tapes up. You know, they want to be the one to get the tapes, you know, uh, you know, dropped off to them. And so you just got to you know, stay patient, keep working. And uh, you know, deal with adverse situation, and you'll be great. We've come a long way from the VHS tape, Ain't no doubt. <laughs> Ain't no doubt. This is Charles. I think I'm playing. I got a double decker right at the house right now. <laughs> I'm telling you. And anytime I'm having one of them days, man, I go and I look at it because I can just remember 
um, where Coach Gant's office is now. It used to be the film room. And um, during that summer, I'm sitting here with all these tapes having to write these plays down. And I'm mad because I'm like, I want to coach. I came here to coach. In Gremlin State, we go out there and the third possession, you know, they score a touchdown. And, and Coach Morgan asked me what happened. It's 20,000 people in the stands. I ain't seen no game. <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking at the crowd. And um, he said, Coach, you know, what happened? I'm looking at Coach Miles, and they like, say something. He said, well, I tell you what, you take your headset off. Um, you, you take your headset off. Matter of fact, don't you take it off. You go to the dressing room. And uh, that was one of my first lessons in coaching, man. It tore my heart out because I wasn't prepared. I was the first one to get the film. I was the first one to break it down. But I'm so caught up in blowing the whistle and coaching that I wasn't ready for the moment. And so coach never said another word to me until we played, you know, UAPB. And just so happened I was there the year before, so I knew the signals. And so we not we wasn't doing well. And he said, well, I would ask Coach Thomas, but he probably ain't paying attention. And uh, I told Coach Lewis, Coach, these are signals. And we came back and won. And then that's when he kind of bridged the gap to tell me, you got to be ready. You know, uh, you the first one to get it, you know. And from then on, it always stuck with me. No excuses. Now you got to get it done. You got to get it done. We're going to take a break right here. We're going to ask you about the Tomorrow's Club. A couple of texts have come in. Got another 10 minutes with uh, head coach Cedric Thomas. A lot of good stuff. He always shares a lot of knowledge. Give us a call, 601-877-6595. You can text a question, 601-301-2611. I'm on X Tall Man Radio. We'll take a break. We'll be right back after this. Time out. Founded in 1920, the Southwestern Athletic Conference has produced some of the most iconic names in sports. Alabama A&M, Alabama State, Alcorn State, Bethune-Cookman, Florida A&M, Grambling State, Jackson State, Mississippi Valley State, Prairie View A&M, Southern, Texas Southern, and the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff have united to embark on a new era of greatness. The Southwestern Athletic Conference, building champions for life. The Agriculture Department is going to get you out there and help you be successful in your future endeavors. Where the students have access to world-class facilities right here. One thing I like about Alcorn is the small classrooms where you as a professor get the chance to interact or know all your students. My professors are teaching me along the way. I will be prepared for the job. Go the extra step. They go above and beyond what they don't have to do just to make sure that their students are successful. To the Whitney Arena, Charles Edmond, our producer behind the camera, Cedric Tillman on the radio, Jamario Brooks. Glad you can join us here on the Bray Sports Network, 91.7 WPRL and WPRL.org. And we're on Facebook Live. We'll be talking, of course, with the Coach Thomas again. The signing party coming up, uh, what is that, February? It's not February, Seven. February 7th. February 7th, so it's at Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. Yes, sir. We will we will definitely be there, and we'll be talking with all the coaches there and the new coaches as you'll roll those out at that time. Um, Coach, a question has come in um, about uh, recruiting, um, and we'll get back to that. But the Tomorrow's Club, uh, talk a little bit about that, obviously fundraising, and you talk about the alumni participation. Talk a little bit about that. You know, they, they – they do a really good job, you know. I can't, I can't speak enough um, or, um, about what they do as far as the giving and, and assisting not only me but these young adults, giving the things that they have. But tomorrow club is, you know, one of the foundation or the foundation that ones can can invest in, and we can use those proceeds to be able to help not only just with equipment and things of, of such, um, but just every day to day things we need in the building. You know, from a traveling standpoint, um, be able to get coaches on the road as far as recruiting. You know, different. 
um, uh, software system to just keep us, you know, ahead of the game when it comes to recruiting and also film study and things as such. So Tomorrow Club is a really great entity, um, you know, for us to be able to use that foundation to just, you know, financially to just bridge the gap so we can have a, a, a equal playing field or to get ahead. And so um, I can't I can't say enough about those ones who has vested. And uh, please continue to because, you know, every, every cent counts and, and every dollar counts. Um, a question has come in from the text line, 601-301-2611. You talked about recruiting. Um, talk about recruiting more players from all court and surrounding areas. Of course, Port Gibson, uh, Fayette, Natchez, Woodville, Franklin County. Um, I know Coach Joseph and the Tigers were in Vicksburg. Uh, the other day, and they put that out there on social media. So recruiting is, is hot and heavy. What is your theory on trying to get some of the good local talent we have? No, I think it's huge. Um, I think it's huge. Not not just because they're going to bring extra people to the stands, but also because they're good players. Um, you know, and we want the ones that want us. And a lot of those kids, we got to just still be able to go out and we got to do home visits. We got to go see them. We just can't assume because they're close and right up the road that they just going to come. And so, um, you know, I plan on, you know, having home base around here. Um, and carve out, you know, just the area where I can kind of get in and get out and, and recruit these young guys and let them know how we want them. You know, they basically going to have to tell me, Mr. Charles, they don't want me. Um, but I'm definitely going to put my best foot forward to sell them, um, you know, everything that Alcorn has. You know, when we do recruiting visits, you know, they don't just supposed to stay at home because they close. You know, we got to put them in a hotel and show them, you know, all the bells and whistles like all the out-of-state or out-of-district or far kids, you know, just getting. So I'm a firm believing in it. I understand what – that following that they have does from a um, attendance standpoint, but also, you know, it's good players that just need to be evaluated and need to have that opportunity if they want to be here, um, to have that opportunity to be here. Well, the one thing that we talked about at length was the transfer portal. Transfer portal, transfer portal, transfer portal. Um, how is that looking? Where Now that you have the keys to the car, does your philosophy on that part of it change? Because I know you and I talked about that at length the last time. Um, how deep are you looking into it? Is, nothing has changed, even though you're 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 now the head coach. As far as that goes, now, Mr. Charles, you know one thing that's going to be about us is it's going to be consistent. And right now, you know, um, our recruiting metrics is going to be junior college kids, high school young adults that can get out, you know, um, early. That that always helps. Now we'll still recruit high school, uh, you know, high school kids, but we got to understand, you know, when I talk to moms and dads, hey, here's the process. They graduate in May. We only got one summer session, so they here in July. We play a game and you just did the schedule. You know, we play a game in less than 60 days. You know, the average freshman won't be ready, you know, to to, to play, you know, right off. You know, four games, you got opportunity to get out there. Um, but you just got to be patient with us the same way we got to be patient with them. However, you know, just kind of looking back offense, defensively, you know, every player on the defense this year played, every single player. You know, and I can't say the same about offense. And so I think that would change um, just from my, you know, me being in the seat, you know. They, we got opportunity to put them out there. We're going to put them out there. Um, and that's the way you grow. That's the way you, 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 you develop talent. And so, um, you know, we want high school kids that can get out, um, that can come in at mid-year because the four that we did, all of them played, and, and, and three of them started like five or six games. And, um, you know, of course, we'll use the, the transfer portal to get cultural fixtures, guys that, you know, may be a little long in the tooth, that may have a little age on them, that can come in and kind of help us. Um, but they would understand that they're coming to, you know, uh, not be to something, but be, a, but be a part of something. One last text from uh, Reggie Oliver. How many starters returning defense, offense, and kickers? And he's kind of an older guy. He's a product of the 60s and 70s. The mindset was building a team in the order of defense, special teams, 
then offense? Do you have a particular order? No, not really. Uh, not really. Um, and it just right now it's just so different because, you know, you may have a you may our kids can get in the portal. You know, we talking about getting other kids out of the portal, but we got you know you may think you got eight starters, seven starters coming back, and all of a sudden this particular school gonna give them eight thousand dollars a month. I can't compete with eight thousand dollars a month. So you go from thinking you got eight starters back to three starters back. You know, so, so that's the nuances of this new age football um, today. And so, um, you know, kind of right off, I think we may be we may have about seven, um, six to seven starters on defense, and maybe five, um, you know, offense. You know, and, and of course we got Keanu back. He's a big time kicker. Um, you know, Frank got some special team pun things he got to show us this uh, this spring before we, you know I announce him as being the starter. Um, and so that's kind of where we at on both sides of the ball, including the special team when it comes to the numbers. We didn't talk about the offense a little bit with Tyler Macon. I mean, everybody's talked about him. The excitement he got, some action, and Wildcat, and other stuff. Talk about Tyler Macon and um, and just you know getting him, and obviously he he's, he he will be here. Just just talk about that excitement. You no, know, I'm excited about him being in the system. Um, you know, learning. You know, we see the skill set. You watch him go 75 yards versus uh you know Southern Miss, and and them guys can't catch him. Um, and so I'm excited about him just having that relationship. You know, with his coaches and being able to lead. You know, you look at him. What what I'm more impressed about him is when he wasn't. You know, um, when he was injured, you know, you watch him and, and, and Aaron really just fellowship. He was the first one to fist bump him. He was over to the sideline, always engaged. And I thought that was huge, you know, because he came in with a lot of hype, you know, but right. just injury-wise he couldn't um, put his best foot forward because he was hurt. But to watch him from a leadership standpoint, come to work every day, still be in tune and engaged to what was going on, you know, I know he, he was a leader. And, um, you know, I'm willing to bet, you know, if things, you know, stay as such, he, he probably going to be our leader. Hmm. Well, speaking of that, you got to work through the spring, and spring practice is coming up. Give us the schedule in terms of spring, the, your spring practice. You know, we'll start February 28th. Um, you know, February 28th will be the first day we'll get out there in T-shirt and shorts. Um, and then I think maybe March 1st will be the first Saturday where we kind of hit a little bit and scrimmage a little bit. So you're welcome to come on through and fellowship with us if you're in the area. And then uh, April 6th will be that spring game. April 6th is a spring game. So right now, here we are, what, the third week in uh, January. My assumption is weight room, weight room, weight room. That's it. I told the coaches, don't don't touch them, don't say nothing to them. They just let, them, let Coach Gann have them. Um, we won't see a student athlete when it comes to playbook, football, um, or any of that to after signing day. Um, it's Coach Gann's time to reel, it, reel them in. It's their time to um, fellowship and bond as a team because you got so many pieces, so many pieces missing that they're not really a team yet. You know, I did a deal where I tore up a sheet of paper. I just threw it on the floor, and I told them that's what we are right now. We're just, bu we're just a bunch of pieces. But by the time the spring is over, you know, that should turn into a portrait, and I should be able to look at a team concept. And so right now it's just a bunch of individuals just trying to find themselves and what's their value inside of the system. But it's just weight room, bigger, stronger, faster, and then they have to have a selfish mindset right now because the individual has to get better, the strong, bigger, stronger, and faster. And then once we get done after signing, they will come in and we'll start teaching and doing football and fundamentals. Yeah, I've heard coaches say championships in November are won in January, February. Do you are you believe that right now that they they're hitting the iron? Is, is this a critical time? Yeah, it is. But so is uh 11, 12, 23. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they got a lot of sayings, Mr. Charles. But every day in this league, every Saturday, you know, you can't take off. Um, and I don't care who you playing, when you playing them. Um, that's that's just it. So yeah, this is important. But so was September 1st, September 7th, August 15th, 
January, whatever, all of it's important when it comes down to you, you put that schedule up. Um, and so we understand what we got to do, and we're just taking it, you know, day to day, but also individually. They have to understand it. I got to be about, it has to be about me right now. Um, and once we get into the team component of the spring, then, hey, you know, now it's about all of us. One thing about football, there, there, there's no downtime. The, football, the swag football is just like the NFL. There is, there is no offseason. Every day is something interesting to talk about. New coaches, the swag release, the, the schedules and all that. It's just always something to talk about. And even here, you, you, you're busy. And I'm sure your, your mind's going 1,000 miles an hour. There's always some, some things you could, you could do, and you're just starting in this position. You know, it's definitely different. You know, I can remember years ago in this league, you know, you didn't have that media push, and that's the same thing for you all. You guys doing way more interviews this time of year with football, unlike you was, you know, with you know in, in years previous. You know, you more to be just basketball and some of the spring sports, but you look now, everybody's doing football, 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 and pushing it. So it is year-round, but we're not the only ones that's affected because in order for us to – have an um, interview, we got to have somebody to interview us. So you, guys, <laughs> you guys are right here in this foxhole with us. We're going we gonna to be here. Coach, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. We'll be talking again at the football signing party the first uh, Wednesday in February. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Anytime. Go Braves. It's always a pleasure. We could talk another hour or two with head Coach Cedric Thomas. We appreciate him joining us. That'll do it here for a special interview with head Coach Cedric Thomas. A lot on the platter. He talked about his staff talked about his coaches the schedule he, re he released that a lot on the plate we'll be talking again in a few weeks from jackson at the mississippi sports hall of fame his new offensive coordinator we'll be talking about that and with that person he would not release the name still going through the process so we'll be talking about all of that at the signing party february 7th that'll do it for the Cedric Thomas Show, I'm Charles Edmond. Our producers, Jamario Brooks and Cedric Tillman, we appreciate you joining us. Be safe out there. We'll talk to you again soon. So long.